great celebration today. That's uh, that's that's significant. Yeah, you know, I I love seeing those that are following Jesus in the waters of baptism. And uh, probably should have been a whole lot more adults probably in that line. Amen. Come on, if it's good enough for Jesus, it ought to be good enough for us. Yeah, Jesus did it. That's right. So if you've not done that, I encourage you in that. Listen, it's not just, I know that sometimes tradition tells us it's just an outward sign of an inward work. No, read Romans chapter 6. There's something that happens that you go down in those into that watery grave and you come up in newness of life. There's things that get broken off, I believe. There's a power. You're not just being baptized into something. I believe you did that when you accepted Jesus. You went baptized into him, but this is coming out of some things. Amen? And to some newness of life. And some of you need some stuff broke off. So... Hopefully you'll uh, consider that as you head, as we uh, offer that again. Amen? Well, good to be with you. As you can tell, man, I'm, I'm loaded this morning. I, uh, so no holding back. And uh, I just, I, I, I pray that, that your hearts are open and ready to receive. Amen? Uh, I believe God's got some things that he, he just wants to really do here, and he's already doing. I mean, it's obvious in this service already that, that God's moving. And, and you, you probably already experienced some stirrings, a touch, a transformation. Something's already taking place in your life. And we just want to continue that. Let's offer ourselves. Father, we just thank you for the word of God today. Lord, that your word will go forth, not return void, but it will accomplish where it's sent today. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, God, that these seeds are sown into good soil. And, Father, that, uh, that it'll bring forth a harvest for your glory and that you'll cause me to speak as an oracle of God with prophetic utterance. And, and Lord, words spoken in due season. And, Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for having your way in our midst. Continue to watch over us as a people, Father, in this nation that we would, we would turn to you, God, that, that uh, all the craziness and everything that's going on, that you are the God that answers. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And, Father, I pray that you restore us to that place. And, God, I thank you for that. Thank you for having your way. We declare it so in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today about harvest time. And I'm going to read from a passage of Scripture, and I've just been stirred in this because we're really just, just uh, coming out of a, um, another Jewish holiday, Shavuot, um, which, you know, we, we, we also say the day of Pentecost. That was last Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and so we want to, but, but through, you know, between Passover and, and Pentecost, you have 50 days, and during that time is actually the first fruits. And, and so you, at Passover, it's, it's called the wheat harvest. And so you come with wheat, and, and there's a, a, an offering that takes place in that way for Passover. And then you move into the barley harvest, which, which is during that time. And during, during that, that time of barley, it, it's, it's maturing at different times. So during that 50-day window, at some point during that, they would gather their, their barley and they would bring it and it would be a wave offering. And here's the thing about the barley. The barley is actually the perfect food, perfect nutrition. 
You know, how many know that, that, that God's looking for a perfect sacrifice? That's why he had to send Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, that's why he didn't send you. <laughs> we know you ain't perfect, right? <laughs> no, it had to be Jesus. The Lamb of God, without spot, without blemish. I mean, he was, he was perfect in every way. And, and because of his sacrifice, amen? And so, but in that, during that time, that's, that's a whole lot of the, the first fruits offering. And so, but, but there's harvest time. And now we're headed towards this fall. The Jewish um, celebration will be the fruit harvest. And, and I won't go into too much of that this morning. But I just want you to capture that in, in especially in Judaism, because, you know, we're Judeo-Christian. It's got roots, Amen. Jesus was a Jewish carpenter <laughs> on this earth. And, and so there is, a, there is something that happens when we begin to really understand some of those things in our Jewishness, if you will, and, and what God uh, has done throughout, you know, the, you know through, through his covenant in that. Because even our covenant today, if we, are Abraham, if we are in Christ, then are we Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You've got to see that that covenant, it, it's, it's layered in that. That even in Jesus coming, and, and Paul goes into this in Romans where he says, we get grafted in. We're not the root. We're grafted in as Gentiles. And so we have to have an understanding of that or we'll miss overall what God is intended and what God's purpose is, even in the church age. Because the church is not an end-all. The church is just, again, it's, it's one of those parts of what God is doing in this, in this time frame, in this season, if you will. And, but, but in that, God, God still, he's not done yet. And, and so I just want to try and set that up and help you now understand some things because I've just, I've just seen where we're up against some stuff. And, and some of it, we, we look at society, we look at the world in which we live in, and it's like, how in the world did we get to this place? I mean, you look at, look at uh, the gun violence and some of the things that's going on, we think about how did we get in this place? Because, listen, folks, that gun's not doing the killing. There's somebody on the other end of that thing. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I grew up on the north side. I mean, I had a gun rack in my pickup. You know, I had guns, you know, that drove into the school parking lot every day. I didn't shoot nobody. I remember going on to Goodfellow. I'm going way back there, pre-9-11. And I remember pulling up in the, in the military police there at the gate. You know, I got the guns hanging on the gun rack, and it's like, can you at least open those bolts? for me and I drove on the base with guns hanging on the gun rack some of you are like what I know I'm old <laughs> it goes back a ways but I'm just telling you all of a sudden why are we faced with what we're faced with it's obvious that gun wasn't a problem back when and most of us here in West Texas know that better than most and if you're a transplant in here, come on, you just need to go ahead and leave that other stuff wherever you come from, and let's go ahead and embrace West Texas. <laughs> You'll be a whole lot happier. <laughs> Life is good out here. 
Amen. And, and, and in our rural schools and all, you, you, you get that. Well, what's happened? What has changed? Seed time and harvest time has happened. Seed time, you can't sow what's being sown in society today and not get the negative results that we're experiencing. You can't have an antichrist spirit at work in politics, in our schools, and in everything else, and somehow leave God out of everything and then expect to have a different result. we got to go back to the foundation. The church needs to wake up and get its voice back. Almost said some other things about some preachers, but anyway, we're going to leave that alone. May God send revival. Let awakening happen. So I want to read. You need to see that this principle is, is all the way from the beginning. In Genesis, at the beginning of creation, you see that every seed is producing after its own kind. Genesis chapter 8, you have the, now the Noahic covenant that happens. And we're going to look at this this morning here in Genesis chapter 8, starting in verse 20. He says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took... So this is after the flood. It's, it's, it's post-flood. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and burned and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart. Where's the root of the problem? The imagination of man's heart is evil and from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. So God made a promise in that. Look, look how he shifts and look at the principle here. He says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. There's no end to this. And so seed time and harvest time works. So you've got to understand horticulture. And we, won't, we, won't have, we don't have time to fully go into it, but here's where I want to direct you to. Mark chapter 4 gives us the parable of the sower. Is, is what it's called, but it's really the parable of horticulture. And if you want to know some more about horticulture, go see Tommy Olive, one of our elders here. He can lecture and do, he can talk eight hours on dirt. Who does that? On dirt? <laughs> but when you understand horticulture, all of a sudden, Things come alive. And here's the thing. Jesus, when he taught in Mark chapter 4 about the, that parable of horticulture, in that he says, you know, because he, he, first, he first gives it out, just kind of boom, and drops it. And there's some that are confused, and they're trying to grasp, okay, what is he talking about? That the sower sowed some seed, and some of it fell by the wayside and some of it fell among stony ground and some of it fell among thorns and, and some of it got into good ground and, 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 they're, and so they're talking and so he begins to, to talk to his disciples about how they were going to have the ability to have insight, have revelation you know God's wanting us as Christ followers to have understanding 
But he makes a powerful statement. He said, unless you understand this parable, you will not understand anything else. I need that to settle in. Unless you understand this, you won't understand anything else. Kingdom. This is, you have to understand seed time and harvest time. Because so many times we're down the road and we're going, why in the world is this going on? Now, I know that the enemy can just come and he can attack and he can, you know, he's a thief, he's a robber, he's a murderer. But at the same time, sometimes you in the mess you in because of the seed you sowed. And you can blame the devil all you want, but if you're jacked up because of what you've been living, see, some, come on, I just want to be real this morning. Because whenever when I start really working, you know, with people to try and help them out of the situation sometimes that they're in, it's a tangled up mess. And they didn't get there overnight. You need to realize sometimes it's as far out of the woods as it was into the woods. And there's a process. See, we want everything instantaneous. You know, we want we're in a microwave society. How fast can I get it? I'm in Chick-fil-A line yesterday. They be fast. And I'm still like, what are you doing up there? Can't you make up your mind before you get here? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and if you're one of those, please make up your mind before you get there. It's Chick-fil-A. You want a sandwich or you want nuggets? <laughs> It ain't that hard. <laughs> Somebody help me out. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> man, I feel like <laughs> I'm kind of like slipped off somewhere, but I got all kinds of thoughts. And I'm like, I'll rebuke that in Jesus' name. I shouldn't go there yet. Because we need to take some ownership in this area. Because if you always somehow, because I, I've watched people, it's, it's, it's almost this, this bleed over. You see it in the Islam faith. They're always basically if God wills it. So they strap a bomb vest on, they're going to walk among people, and they're going to mash a button or set a cell phone off, and if God wills it, it'll blow up. No idiot. If you mash the button, it's going to blow up. And yet I watch Christian all the time. Well, if God wills it. Like it he's already said in his word. There's things that God has already said. How about laying hold of the promises of God that are yes and amen? How about going ahead and just declaring the name of Jesus over that situation? He's empowered you with his word. He's empowered you with his name. He's empowered you with the Holy Spirit. He calls you more than conquerors. But why are we living less than? Because sometimes we get into this sovereignty of God. Well, if God wants it to happen, I guess it'll happen. No, you better understand there's a, there's a resisting devil out there that would like to prevent you from advancing in your life in Christ. And he's, but he's empowered us. 
And so seed time and harvest time. So, so let's, let's look at this real quick. Woo, yeah. All right. Because I want, I, want I want to touch on these, these key things. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you what I told you. <laughs> we're going to look at the sower. We're going to look at the seed. We're going to look at the soil, and we're going to look at the season. Those four are keys in horticulture. Because you can have everything else right and plant outside your season, and it won't, it won't produce. So God first is looking for a sower. See, Paul said God gives seed to the lazy. No? God gives seed to the wishful thinker. No? God gives seed to a sower. He's looking for a sower. And you know what a sower is? It's that farmer that intentionally is saying, I don't have any fences, and I know that's a bar ditch, but bless God, nobody's using it. <laughs> I'm planting way out here as far as I can go. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you drive out. Go ahead, drive out there towards the wall, and you look around. It's like, man. <laughs> I mean, you look at their house, and the, the field's coming all the way up to the house. Why? Because they're a sower. They know the more seed they can get in the ground, the more ground that is used, the more harvest that they have, right? That's the way a sower thinks. A sower is an investor. A sower is not, not, come on, a sower has characteristics. Let's think about this for a minute. A sower is going to be intentional, right? They're not just food. That is... Uh, there's some concrete. Let me throw some seed out here. Now, a sower is going to be intentional. They're going to be looking to sow, but they're looking for ground to sow, right? So, so they're, they're intentional. But that sower is also generous. They want to make sure as much seed as possible that they can get it out there. They want it so they're generous, right? And they're looking for opportunity. That's a sower. Come on. Paul said concerning money, because here's the thing. We'll get to it in a minute. Seed is all kinds of things. Your words are seed. Your thoughts are seeds. Your, your money is seed. The Word of God is seed. There's all kinds of things throughout the Bible that are likened to a seed. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so as a sower, you need to be, you need to be conscious and intentional about what I'm doing in, in this situation, I am sowing towards my harvest. Your faithfulness in your relationship today, in your marriage today, carries seed with it. Your faithfulness in your job towards your employer carries seed in it. That's why Jesus said, if, 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 you, want, if you want to really go to just... Pure leadership. Some of you, I believe God's put in your heart some great things. He wants you to advance. He wants you to maybe have your own business. He wants you, and he's looking for three key things. Number one, he says, he who is faithful in little is also faithful in much. Right? He said, he who is faithful in what is another's, God will give them their own. Right? 
That's a, that's a principle. If you ain't been faithful, just saying. <laughs> and then the last one, he says, if you're faithful, and the King James says unrighteous mammon, but it's money, then he gives you the true riches of God. Because God's riches are beyond just money. When he prospers, when he blesses, it takes on a whole lot. Because you can have money and you can have no peace. You can have money and you can have no health. You can have money and not have a lot. It's not just about money. But notice what he says. He says, if, you, if something tangible, if you can't be faithful in that, don't be expecting all the true riches. Oh, y'all getting quiet on me now. Come on. God is also a sower is going to be obedient. There's times when I have felt like God has told me to sow, and it's, it's painful. Come on, you read over there, you know, the psalmist says, you know, I, I came, you know, bearing my seat with tears, sorrow. Oh, yeah. If you had never given enough, to, it was a little bit painful, you ain't given. I've been there. Plenty. Sometimes that, that's because what you're doing, you're, number one, you're saying, God, everything I've got is, you're, I'm just a steward. You own it. And I trust you. But the other thing that you'll do, you'll break that greed and that selfishness and all of that. You'll break that off of your life. And God wants to sometimes bring us to that place to where we're simply obedient to be obedient. I had someone that, that uh, I'd, I'd heard that they'd given away their, their uh, beautiful, um, I forget whether it was a, d a dining, dining room set or a living room set, gave it away to someone. And it was high dollar, high end. And they said, you got to come get it today. Like, I have to come get it today. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to be obedient. I don't want to back out. Come get it today. <laughs> you know what? A sower is going to be patient. <laughs> come on, think about that farmer. How foolish would be him be, you know, if he, he got all his fields planted in the next week he's out there digging are you doing anything? He's uncovering all the seed to inspect it. No. The principle of the word even teaches, you just let it, let it grow. It'll work. Our responsibility is to be a, a sower. Come on, let's say it. Our responsibility is to be a, a sower. A sower. And then seed. Seed is so powerful. I have seen... Come on, hadn't you seen seed actually sprout and grow a plant in the most craziest places? I'll never forget, I went, went on this, this hunt down in South Texas, down there, and, and, uh, and they had come in and they were, they were sowing uh, ryegrass out of an airplane and mixed with fertilizer. So literally it, it was sown and it had rained and there was grass growing in all the trees. 
every place that that rye had landed, and now it probably didn't last long, but it sprouted. That's what seed will do. Seed is a powerful thing. And here's the thing. Paul also taught in Galatians, whatever a man or a person sows, that will he reap. Let me say that again. Just a few things that you sow, is that what it says? Just the things that I want to happen. No. Paul said, whatever. Come on, you know how this works. Somebody smiles at you, and they typically, they smile them back. Whatever you sow. So you need to think about that. And, and seed has to be sown. It's made to sow. I'll never forget, you know, we'd come back to San Angelo, and we were off down in Central Texas, and we had... You know, in, in Central Texas, I mean, there's just certain time of the year, there's just blue bonnets all over the place. Bar ditches are full. You drive down the highway, and there's people all out among the blue bonnets. I'm like, don't you know there is chiggers out there? Snakes? I mean, they don't tell them what else is out there. Ticks. <laughs> but they're all out there getting their pretty pictures. In the blue. Here, let's set little Johnny right there. Oh, it's a fire ant bed down there, but that's okay. <laughs> he won't die. <laughs> we had this package of blue bonnets. I don't know. We bought it somewhere, you know. So we got this package of blue bonnets. We come back to San Angelo, and, and we had lived in about three or four different houses and we're unloading everything again on the next move. And there's those blue bonnets again. And I'm like, Joanne, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. Go sow them. And I literally went out in kind of the back part of the, of the far part of the yard. It's a little bit wildernessy out here in the bluffs. And I just scattered those seeds. I didn't think nothing about it. The next spring, guess what happened? Blue bonnets. <laughs> Seeds are meant to sow. There are things that we need to recognize in that. How you speak to your child and what you say and what you're sowing, again, that's why it's so important. It, it, that's why, it, listen, you've got to get this. I'm, of course, we have our charter schools in, a, in there. I, we're, we still don't have a handle on this. We're still strapped by so much bureaucracy. It's so hard to deal with. But in this, you, you've got some very bright people that they, those formative years in those early, early childhood, that determines the trajectory educationally, academically, of what a child can actually aspire to. And that's why low socioeconomic and, and at-risk children struggle so much because they typically don't get that in early childhood as much. And then what, what happens is with our archaic system, and so we, we, we have these big, long summer break, and 
middle class and upper class kids, they, they're, they're going to kids' colleges and they're in, in uh, doing travel and they got libraries. A lot of them got stay-at-home moms. You got all this happening. And yet the latchkey kid is staying home, filling their mind with video games and with shoot-em-up stuff and with doing no telling what all else that's online now. And then they show back up at school and wonder why they, they, why they've fallen behind. The brain absorbs seeds that are sown in images. And there are things that kids should not be being exposed to. I'll leave that right there. The soil. How do we deal with the soil? Because, and, and, and I wish it... I'm going to try and spend enough time here because Jesus says there's different types of soil. In a hardened path, a hard heart, it's likened to the heart, right? That's what he said. In a hard heart, you, you, you understand this, that Proverbs says, above all else, let me, let me, let me go here because some of you are going to get your breakthrough right here. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Your heart is the, is the bed to receive the seed. And that word guard is to tend, to keep, to fight for. Your heart. And, and some people just, they're living life and they're just, well, you know, just life is what it is. And you just soak up everything. You spend all those hours watching all that new stuff. Is that going to change anything out there in the world? Is that going to change your life or your world? Well, it may affect you personally. It will, all that negativity. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Your heart, the soil. You've got to think about that. And again, understanding horticulture, the, you know, there's so many scriptures that relate to this. And I don't have time to go into the depths of it. But, but that heart, it says break up fallow ground. A hardened heart. It didn't get there overnight. I believe, you know, when you think about, you know, just life in general, a little child. How, how many, we, we talk, know that we, we talk about childlike faith. Why is that? Because... They're little hearts. They're just, man, they believe. You're the big person. You tell them something, they just believe it, right? It's just amazing. And, and, and they're so, you know, moldable. And, and, but if, if you're not careful, trauma and brokenness and abandonedness, that's, that's why there's such a curse on the land. Malachi says that, that with, with a lack of fatherlessness, there comes a curse. Come on, look at, look at the mass shooters that, who are doing this. There's a connectivity. See, everybody wants to point to the gun, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that we can fix this if we really want to fix it. But nobody wants to really fix it. Because you're going to have to deal with a whole lot of other stuff that you're going to have to dive into. And it's just easier to just sweep all that stuff aside. Oh, no. Take away my kid's video game where he's killing all these people? 
I told you I was bringing it today. Check it on their, on their devices and looking at where they're spending their time on what sites. Come on, it's called parenting. Stop saying, well, that's too much work. It's called parenting. You signed up. Staying in that kid's life? Come on, Dad. That's why we do our, we're so big on our men's ministry, and we're still focusing on this. And even in our schools, we're, we're implementing uh, this coming year men, of, men and women of honor because there is a curse of father. You can't, there is cause and effect. There is seed time and harvest time. You can't somehow not do certain things and then somehow expect this miraculous thing to just happen. No, it's called seed time and harvest time. What are we doing? What are you doing in your home? What are you doing in your marriage? What are you doing in your kids' lives? Seed time and harvest time, it works. You can't spend money you don't have and not expect something bad to happen. Well, I had another check. I just write it out. It's called that check's connected to the bank account. Right? Seed time and harvest time. And learning to, to live in this area to where you're, you're understanding what I do today impacts tomorrow. How I live today will impact the world in which we live tomorrow. Seed time and harvest time. In the soil of the heart. So you've got a hardened heart. And we need to pray. And here's the, you know, here's the thing. We're not told to be heart inspectors. We're just told to be sowers. That's true. In some of this, we just got to sow. In the lives of others, and, and somehow God knows what will happen. And here he talks about, though, that there is a hardened heart. There is a, a soil that, that uh, is stony, and so... I mean, they receive the word, it says, with gladness. And then once the persecutions come, for the word's sake, nothing personal. You start standing on the word of God, you just need to understand. The enemy wants to fight you on that. And if you got, if you got soil that's not fertile and fully ready, you can receive it. But if it's stony and you're not prepared for persecution for the word's sake, because we live in a society today, they want to shut Christians up. They won't talk about tolerance until it comes to allowing us to exercise our free speech and our willingness to believe what the Bible says. And what we see is truth. Come on. Amen or oh me. I told you I'm going there. But I believe it's wake up time. I believe God has something powerful he wants to pour out, but he's looking for a people who's ready. And so he's stony ground. Then it says the thorns sown among. If you look at it, it says sown by the wayside, sown on stony ground, sown among thorns, the cares of this life that chokes out the word, or sown into. I don't know about you, but I want sown in too.
I want to take the Word of God. I want to, I want to put it in there even if I don't need it right now, so it's there when I do need it. You, you've, got to, you've got to view your life this way. This is foundational. And then there's seasons. Now, when I think about soul, I, I think about like, like global ventures. I mean, did y'all see on, our, on, on any of their social media, we've got some of our folks right here from this church that just went to Zambia preaching the gospel with thousands that were saved, that gave their lives to Jesus. We're involved in works in India, in Haiti, in the Philippines, in San Angelo, in Arlington. And we're looking for soil to sow into, to, to see that kingdom is advanced, to see people come to Christ. Only thing going to heaven is people, folks. As we're passing through, don't do it alone. You got to grab somebody and take them with you. And as a church, we're reaching out. And we're looking for different souls to be able to sow into. And then there's these seasons. And we need to allow God to determine those, some of those seasons. I recently, I was, I'm, I'm just at a place, you know, and it's like, man, I mean, we're schools in five cities, two churches, just I'm busy, and yet I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, we're supposed to keep doing stuff. And I'm like, Lord, don't you know how old I'm getting? Evidently, he said, you ain't that old. <laughs> and I'm not, thank God. Just 60. <laughs> no making fun of us old guys. <laughs> but I put it, I just, like... Lord, do I, am I supposed to keep doing this? And so I'm just in this place of prayer and just evaluating the season of life and, and where am I at and what do I do and, and, and what's, what's ahead and whoo, man. You know, if you, if you want God to speak to you, he'll speak to you. Sometimes it's in your face. Now, if, if you can't handle that, because the God of the universe, it is love, but sometimes he's going to get our attention. And I'm reading over in Hebrews chapter 10, and it says, God is not pleased with those who draw back. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> God is not pleased with those that draw back. It's like, okay, Lord, I guess you're not wanting me to slow down and I just things that are stirring I, I, you know we're finishing up this junior high construction right over here and just on the other side that we had to get this done so that our actual sanctuary see a lot of you don't know you're in a, you're in a junior high gym here <laughs> not bad right but we still have a sanctuary that's coming I'm talking about a nice sanctuary that's coming. We've been believing for that for a lot of years, and we've been moving toward that. 
And there's, there's things that's just stirring in my heart that I know that I'm supposed to be able to give myself to, to be able to see some things complete and see some things to a, to a certain place. And, and with that, in this season, because on down in that passage there, not only is God not pleased with those that draw back, he said, he said, but after you have done the will of God, well, he says this. He says, you have need of perseverance. Come on, think about that for a minute. I mean, when I, when I, when I felt like the Lord said, you have need of perseverance. I'm like, oh, crud. <laughs> Come on. How many of you ever been told, just get over it? <laughs> Come on. Just get past that. You have need. Listen to what the Bible says, the writer of Hebrews. You have need of perseverance so that after you have done the will of God, you will, you will inherit the promises. Come on. Amen. Woo. So I'm just like, yes, Lord. In this season for me, You've got to think about this season. See, some of us, we look around, and if we're not careful, we start looking at this environment. We start looking at, you know, the, the gas prices. We start looking at inflation. We start looking at all those things, and, and we think, why are we going to build that right now? We can't afford that. I believe we can. I think in the kingdom of God, God has lots of money. Listen, you read back in the Old Testament, you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac, it says, sowed in drought and reaped a hundredfold, full maximum potential of return, and God prospered him greatly in drought. That don't make sense. You know, there's a whole lot with God in kingdom business that doesn't make sense, but it's called faith. You get a word from God and you begin to live it. And you just go ahead and do what God said, and he does the rest. I'll never forget, I used to go to John Osteen's pastor's conference year after year. And that back then, it was a mega church. You know, his son Joel has really got a mega church. But that building, it was an 8,200-seat sanctuary. And I walked in there, and I'm looking around at that. And the Lord spoke to him when, back then, when it was a complete bust. Remember those early 80s? you know, late 70s, early 80s with the, the big recession and, and inflation and interest rates off the chart. And God spoke to him and said, build the building now. And he's like, God, all the old money, it's all dried up. I mean, there ain't nobody, ain't nobody you know, going to give money away. And God said, do it now. And they paid for that property debt-free. 8,200-seat sanctuary, and they paid for it debt-free. Y'all still too quiet. Why? You live by faith. See, somehow you got to, you got to, I love what, what Wayne talked about earlier. God wants to give us a new perspective. Stop looking at all the negativity. I know there's, I know that it's like, I mean, we're already thinking, you know, okay. I'm going to have to kill some more stuff to put in the freezer. We've got plenty to eat. <laughs> this is in Lander's house, so <laughs> you just go to the grocery store and buy it. You're looking for something to die to be able to feed. <laughs> Grow something. 
do something. What, what does that look like? I, what, is, what is this season? I believe that God is looking for some Christians to start to get their new perspective and start getting on the, get their mind on things above and not beneath, get their, get their heart set to where, God, you're my provider. You're my provision. You'll make a way when there is no way. You cause like Isaac to be able to sow in drought and prosper 100%. Return. Amen? God wants to give us such breakthrough that the world looks around at our lives and go, how did they do that? God did it. God did it. I want to encourage you. Engage your heart in this. Get this, the, the spiritual law of horticulture and start thinking about it. When you wake up of a morning, just purpose in your heart. You know what? Today, God, you're looking for a sower. Look no further. God, give seed to the sower. Lord, I'm a sower. I'm going to give today. Somebody needs some love, I'm, just come on. I, I'm, I, I just open my heart, capacity to receive more love, to love the unlovable person I have to work with. Come on. Some of you are like, you know, I could do this love thing if it wasn't for that person I got to work with. <laughs> Come on. Seed time and harvest time. And let God fill your life with his goodness. Why? Because you're just, you're just involved in his kingdom business. And you grasp an understanding of this truth. Seed time. And harvest time. Through the years, Joanne and I look for specific areas. Sometimes I, I've just I've just done that. You know, we, we're talking about the men, women of honor that we're going to launch into our into our schools. I, I listen, and my kids are far from perfect, but all I can say is I thank God they all love Jesus and they're in church. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that, right? But you know what? whole time they're growing up, there was a ministry that ministered to kids, and we gave financially, sometimes small amounts, sometimes we were able to raise that up, but we gave every month seed into that ministry, believing God that our children would serve the Lord. Every seed produces after its own kind. What does that look like for you? You need to, where, where are you at in life? What do you need? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for having your way. Jesus, I just thank you for being master and Lord and, and even the teaching of this powerful truth that we would be able to get this so that we could have understanding on so many other things that you taught, that you want to give us in revelation knowledge. Oh, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for just even right here beginning that our lives would just be yielded to you so that the word of God is able to come in and be sown into our hearts and our lives to produce a great harvest. I'll just say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Well, some of you, I know that you've made Jesus Savior and you've 
all that, but right here, why not this morning, just in a fresh way, and if you don't know Jesus as Lord, as Master, as Savior of your life, right here, just say, Jesus, be the Lord and Master of my life. I give my life to you. Go ahead, just do it right there, just in a fresh way. You don't have anything to fear. Father, we thank you for that. We bless you. We praise you. You know, at the end of this close of the service, there's going to be some teams of folks up here to be able to pray with you. And... I want you to think about this. The Bible says that there's power in agreement. I want you to think about as you come up, don't just come up to just dump and share the problem. How about in your approach say, you know what? I'm believing God to take my marriage to a new level. I'm believing God to reach that wayward child. I'm believing God and let them come into agreement and believe with you concerning that need. I'm believing God for that promotion. I'm believing God for, come on. I'm believing. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's just thank God for his goodness. And then I'm going to turn it over to Miss Amber. I think she's coming. But just, just yield yourself to him. I believe some of you are going to step into some things knowing that seed time and harvest time, it will work. And you're going. there's breakthrough. There is better days ahead of you. Somebody needs to hear that today. You're, you're, you feel like you're at the bottom and you're looking up to sea bottom. But I'm telling you, by the word of the Lord, there are better days ahead. Just like Wayne said, you're getting a new perspective. That God's for you. He's not against you. Listen. I know what that's like to have sown some bad seed. God's got some good weed killer too. <laughs> and then just outlive it. Just start sowing some good stuff. Amen? Give God praise.